0: Turn with me to the book of Hebrews. And um, very often when it comes to Christmas time, people turn to Matthew. And they turn to the book of Luke. Two wonderful books. But seldom do I hear preaching from the book of Hebrews. Where in fact the book of Hebrews has a lot to say about the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn with me to... Hebrews and chapter 1, and I'm just going to read the first six verses to give an introduction because I'm going to be looking at the book in a much wider scale. The book of Hebrews and chapter 1. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times, And in various ways. But in these last days, now you might say, well, which last days? This last days is in fact the entire days from the coming of Christ until the end. And then you get the last of the last days, which are the days we are still looking forward to. But in these last days, that is all the days since the birth of Jesus, he has spoken to us by his Son whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory. The exact representation of his being. Sustaining all things by his powerful word. And after he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. And so he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son? today I've become your father. Or again, I will be his father and he will be his son, my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. I don't know if you've noticed, but the season seems to change earlier and earlier, sometimes as early as September. Believe it or not, seasons begin to change and people start to work towards this time of the year. If you look around you, schools, universities, colleges are all shutting down, if not all shut down already. And um, this last Friday, if you're in the building industry, and I've been part of a building project, and I know all about it. The building industry shut down. It's the holy day of the building industry, it's Friday the 14th. Countless people will be returning to rural homes and to families and to friends. Countless pilgrimages are planned. The shopping malls are transformed with every single buying opportunity that you can find. But I've got some news for you. Just after the 1st of January, 2nd, 3rd of January, go into Macro, and you'll find the line at the returns is the longest. I don't want this. This thing doesn't work. I don't like this thing. And all of a sudden, the season has changed from expectant purchasing to return purchasing and it doesn't take long and it doesn't take much longer before the season and the graphics changes again and we're all working towards Easter and so what I'm going to do this morning I've selected three words for three seasons And to me, they're going to sum up a little bit of what you've got around here and what you've sung this morning. We are talking about a cradle and we're talking about a cross. And we're talking about the seasons of life. And what I want to do is to take you through something of these seasons and in fact, bring them to bear on one final verse, which I want to share with you just before communion. The first one I want to put up on the screen is the cradle. And if you look at the cradle, when it gets up over there, the cradle that we talk about in Scripture is absolutely nothing to the high-powered prams that we have in the back row, or perhaps some of the cradles that you have at home. I don't think there'd be a single mom here today who'd want to say to her husband and to her family, that's the cradle I want for my kid. Because in fact, that is something cows ate out of. It was straw. It was still dripping with saliva and all the likes. And there was no other place for Jesus to be put into than that kind of manger. A cattle feeding trough. What I find very interesting about the symbolism of this cradle or this cattle trough is that God stepped down to the lowest of the low. And if you're going through a season in your life where you are feeling that life is very difficult, in fact, life has been so unfair to you, and you are just feeling as though you're in the lowest, lowest position you could possibly be, I am glad to tell you that God has stepped into that position with you. It's a wonderful thought. And the book of Hebrews says in chapter two and verse fourteen Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood, for only as a human being could he die. In Hebrews two, seventeen it says, Therefore, it was necessary. For him to be made in every respect like us. His brothers and sisters. So that he could become a merciful and faithful high priest before God. And then he could offer a sacrifice to take away the sins of the people. You know one of the things I've discovered about religion. And I'm not talking about religion today. Is people are always looking for something. They're always trying to get higher. They're always trying to go further. They're always trying to do more. In order to find God. I've got good news for you. God has found you. That's an incredible idea. God has found you. I remember hearing a story about two scientists one time and they were studying the habits and the mannerisms of ants. Yes, little ants. They were studying ants. And they studied ant hills, they studied ant holes, they studied all kinds of ants. And the more they studied and the more they put them under microscopes and all that they did, the more they observed. Eventually one scientist turned to the other one and said, do you know there's only one way we can really study these ants and that is to become an ant. That's what God has done. Impossible with a human being. But possible with God. In Hebrews chapter 2 and verses 8 and 9. It says you gave them authority over all things. Now when it says all things it means nothing is left out. But we have not seen all things put under their authority. What we have seen is Jesus. Who for a little while was given position A little lower than the angels, because he suffered death for us, he now is crowned with glory and honor. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone. You know, I'm sure you look around sometimes and you say to yourself, when's the world going to get better? Have you ever said that? I mean, when's the world going to get better? There are certain things you just wish would get better. And folks, I have this for you. Even though sometimes we don't see what we'd like to see, what we do see is Jesus. And we have this cradle that is put epicenter into humanity so that at least once a year we get the chance to take another look and say, so what did God do about it? And what he did do about it was he sent Jesus. Jesus. What do we see? We see the Magi. Who the Magi? They were philosophers. They more than likely came from Babylon. More than likely, believe it or not, they had been schooled years before by the prophet Daniel. And Daniel had told them about the 70 weeks. And he had told them about the coming of the Son of God. And Looking at the universe with only the stars as their script. Something jolted those guys' minds so that they journeyed all the way from the east. And eventually found the Lord Jesus. Think of the shepherds. Bunch of guys sitting out at night. I don't think they were the best cultured people. They were just rough guys sitting out there. And all of a sudden, there's this choir of angels. And this choir of angels led them to say, let's go a few kilometers. It's only about a kilometer or two. And they found Jesus. Think of the great Herod. He has these magi. Appearing on his doorstep, asking a question. Now, when you speak to an insecure leader, politician, the question you don't ask them is, Where's the king born? And they ask Herod, Where's the king born? And of course, he sends to the local seminary and he says to them, where's the king to be born? They didn't have creation as their script. They had the word of God as their script. And they turned to the book of Micah and they opened their books and they said, it's very clear, in Bethlehem. You see, folks, the whole universe witnessed and testified to the birth of Jesus But not just a cradle. Let's turn to the next slide. And we're going to turn to the next slide, which is a cross. And the two are linked. If you look particularly, if you have your Bible with you or your iPad with you or whatever Bible you have with you. If you look particularly at Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14, it links the two. It says, because God's children are human beings. Because we are made of flesh and blood, the Son of God also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being, notice this this word, he could die. It was not an angel that was to die. It was not a super person that was to die. It was to be A person, for as a human being he died and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. The cradle, what do you think of when you think of a cradle? I think of vulnerability. Dependence. This last week I was down in the Port Shepston area with a very big church where I preached last Sunday. And on Monday the pastor said, I'd like you to take you around to some of our ministries. It took us a day just for him to show me the ministries. And we never traveled further from Port Shepston than 20 kilometers. Can you do the maths? One of them that moved me was the equivalent in Port Shepston to Hole in the Wall. Those of you who know the Allen family and have been involved with Hole in the Wall, little babies that get abandoned and eventually get picked up and are nurtured and nursed and eventually led into foster homes. And you know that story. A lot of you know that story. This story moved me. He said one day there was a man who was walking to work in the morning and he heard at a certain point on his walk to work, he heard the strange noise. He walked back that day in exactly the same place, he heard the strange noise, looked around, didn't want to go into the bushes because of security reasons and went on the next day the same thing the third day the same thing same noise eventually he called a security company and he said I'm hearing the strangest noise I can't put my finger on it but please come with me into the bushes he walked into the bushes and they found a newborn baby listen to this being kept warm by two dogs A dog either side. And they saw by instinct the vulnerability of a little baby. You know that story was put onto the front page now. Port Shipston newspaper is not the biggest newspaper. But that little story is put on the front page of the story. That little boy, I looked into his face. He's now about three months of age. He's as healthy he has been nursed to health. He's been nursed to, nurse to strength. But you know, that little boy has become a superstar. If that church asks for anything, anyone, anywhere will give it to him. Because something moved two dogs, something moved a community. That somebody who was so desperate, who gave birth to a little baby boy and just left him in the grass, suddenly that little boy has reached celebrity status. You may not photograph that little boy, he is such a celebrity. Vulnerability. Secondly, the cross. Cruel. Political. Brutal. These words echo too much of the kind of world world that we're living in. In Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 5 it says, Christ did not honor himself by assuming he could become a high priest. No, he was chosen by God who said to him, You are my son today, I've become your father. May I just correct something here? When we speak about a son in our society, in most societies, you speak about somebody who is lesser than. If you speak to traditional Middle Eastern, even African, even Asian, the eldest son is the father's equal. Just think about that for a minute. So that, for example, if the father has passed away and there is a funeral or a wedding or whatever, the next rank person is the son. You may not make arrangements until that son has been consulted. Now listen to it again. When the father says to Jesus, You are my son. What is he saying? You're my equal. You're my equal. You're the one who takes my name. You're the one who takes my culture. You're the one who takes my godhood. You are my son. To no other one did Jesus, did God ever say today I've become your father. Or Hebrews seven seventeen to 18. The psalmist pointed out and said you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Now I'm going to be preaching on that next week. But what is very interesting not the not the priesthood of Aaron not the priesthood of Levi But the priesthood of Melchizedek, what's unique about that, if you go to scripture and look at the Old Testament as Melchizedek, there is no mention of his genealogy and there's no mention of his future. He slots in and just like Jesus came, announced from heaven, behold, this is my beloved son and returns again. He is in the order of Melchizedek. Now isn't it amazing? In Hebrews chapter nine, verses eleven to twelve, it says, "So Christ has now become the high priest over all good things that have come. He has entered the greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands, and is not part of this created world." Listen, with his own blood not the blood of goats and calves he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption does that deserve a hallelujah there's a young adult who asked to speak to me the other day and uh, didn't take long after he made a rededication of his life to the gospel that he had been ignoring for such a long time, that we ended up talking about two words, sin and sins. And one of the biggest confusions I find with people is they confuse sins with sin. You see, when Christ went to the cross, he dealt with my sin. But then, every one of us has got little misdemeanors. It doesn't make me a Christian one day and not a Christian the next day. And five days later, am I a Christian? Am I not a Christian? No, no, no. Get the sin dealt with once for all. And then you deal with the other issues. I mean, my two little grandsons. They don't come and they call me Pops. They don't say Pops, are you still my grandfather? They know I'm their grandfather. But have they thrown a ball into the swimming pool? Yes, maybe they have. Have they pulled the cat's tail? Maybe they have. Those are issues we deal with on a daily basis. It never changes the fact. Can you say amen? Am I talking to somebody here this morning? You think that one day you're a Christian. Oh, now, how could a Christian do this? Folks, Christians do the strangest, weirdest, wonderful things that you can't believe it. Just be a pastor for a little while, let alone a pastor for 42 years. I'll tell you. It doesn't make a difference to your standing. That's what the cross did. Now I've got some incredible news for you. Because of the cradle, because of the cross, you're going to wear a crown. Are you excited about that? Doesn't sound like it. I want you to see what kind of crown you're going to wear. This is not the crown of the British royal family. This is the wreath that is put on the head of somebody who wins a fight, crosses a line, and who overcomes victorious. They're two words. Kronos, crown, you can hear it. The other one is your pastor's name, Stephanos. Why do you think we named him that? In fact, don't tell him I told you this, but um, I was there. He didn't have much to do with it. Um, He was born, and uh, he was a few days premature, and... We're very proud that our first child was born, and uh, Wendy was um, giving me instructions like m- mothers and wives do, and and she was saying to me, "Don't forget to register him." So of course I duly made my way to Home Affairs, and I never asked her, "How do you spell this name?" So I'm standing in the queue, Home Affairs. Stephen, 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 Stephen. And I remember what I was saying. Not the one with a V. That makes it P-H. Okay, I've got it right. S-T-E-P-H. Stephen. And I tell the lady, I write it down, and I put A. And I get to the hospital that evening. I said, I registered Stephen. S T E P H A N. She says, that's Stefan. (laughs) Go back to home affairs. (laughs) I stood in the queue. I mean he still owes me. I stood in the queue <laughs> again. They hadn't passed the file on and I said to the lady, I mean she looked at me, her eyes got bigger, I said, Hey Diffuna life files, is Zana life failed, if born and she brought I'm not speaking in tongues by the way, I'm just uh, <laughs> I said she, we need to change the PHE from A to e, And she looks at me and she says, What's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> you know what the difference is? Stephanos. Stephanos is the wreath that Jesus wears when he finished the cross and rose from the dead. He does not wear a crown like the British royalty he wears the crown of somebody who has sweated, somebody who has died, somebody who has poured out his blood. Now I want to leave a verse with you. 2 Timothy 4 and verse 8. How many of you have fought a fight this year? Anybody fought a fight? not going to ask you who you fought with. Not your husband, please. (laughs) But you know what I mean. I have fought the fight. How many of you have run a race this year? You've run a race and life has been so difficult and you've crossed the line. How many can raise your hand? You've run a race this year. You know what I'm talking about. How many of you in difficult contexts have kept the faith? How many of you, raise your hand. You've kept the faith. Your your faith's been tested. Your faith's been tried. People have argued with you. People have disappointed. You've, You've kept the faith. Now I've got a promise for you. Listen to what Paul says. He says, I have fought the fight. I have run the race. I have kept the faith. There is therefore waiting for me. What? No, say it in Greek. Stephanos. Say it. Stephanos. Now I've got some more good news for you. Not for me only. But for every single one of you who longs for his appearing. Doesn't that bless you? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to wear a crown. Your other neighbor sleeping, turn to him and say, I'm going to wear a crown. folks we have come to the place of the service where we have linked the cradle the cross and the crown I don't know what season you're in yes I know this is Christmas season but I don't don't know what other season you're in I'm going to ask the band, worship team, whatever you call them, and I'm going to ask them to come up here. And I want you to look today at the bread and think of the cradle. This is the human Jesus. And I want you to look at the cup. This is the divine Jesus who poured out his blood once and for all. And then I want you to think of the crown. Whether cradle or cross, a day is going to come when you wear the crown. Now what we're going to do with this communion time, the elements are beautifully laid out. The uh, bread is in that paper over there, so first person can just unpack the paper there's tables all over I'm going to turn this place not turn it but acknowledge that this place is just going to now be the temple of the Holy Spirit the band is going to sing and then they're going to just strum but I want you to just get up in a minute go to the table take a piece of bread Take a cup. This is the believer's table. You don't have to be a very special person. The only acknowledgement that you have to do is that you acknowledge that Jesus Christ is your Savior. Don't confuse sin with sins. In fact, this is a wonderful time. The Bible says to confess your sins one to another that you might be healed. It's also a wonderful time to acknowledge 1 John chapter 1, where it says, And we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And don't say you don't have any sins, but if you will confess your sin, He is faithful and He is just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Don't confuse sin with sins. So we're just going to turn it into that place. If there by some chance there are people that just want to come and kneel in the front and somehow look at the words and you want to kneel and do that and go back to your seat, you're welcome. If they are one or two who want to come and sit in the front row and ask for special prayer, I'm going to ask for a few of the guys I know, people like Emlyn, just to come here with me. And we will just pray for you, lay hands on you. You know, there's a mystery in laying hands on people. I don't know what it is. But it could be you're in that position. So I'm just going to leave it to the band. I'm going to leave it to the group. And they're going to sing. You just get up, move to the table, move back to your seat. And I'm just going to ask them and ask um, Gene just to close off. This is a time of ministry. Contemplation and reflection.